0: Cross in mezzo, destro, la controlla, poi prova la rovesciata, destro! Mattia destro, si sblocca così, al 49esimo, alla prima
1: occasione per Lempoli!
0: Hello and welcome to SEA, a Spotlight Season 2, Episode 10, we're your hosts Jake and Matt. And this is our 50th episode. What a milestone, huh? What a milestone, bro. Road to 100. Road to 100, and 50 episodes of us... Talking, Yeah, man, for two hours, pretty much each one. Like that's, that's crazy to be honest. That there's so much discussion on the internet, you know, yeah. between us.
1: And then it's funny because normally when we hang out, we just sit in silence and do nothing, like play games and yeah. watch football. So. I
0: mean, we've known each other for our whole lives. There's pretty much nothing else left to say <laughs> to each it's other. True. Like, what are you going to tell me? Like, oh,
1: I really like biscuits. Like, <laughs> Dude, I,
0: I know, like, I know everything that you like. I know everything you dislike.
1: Fair enough. Our goal of the week, as you guys heard from our intro, was Mattia Destro's first goal of the season and first goal for Empoli. And what a manner in which to get his first goal of the season. Bro,
0: his first goal in eight months. As Freddie Mercury once said, I want to ride my bicycle, I want to ride my bike. And that's what Destro did. Bicycle kick against Torino. What a goal. What a way to open his account for the season.
1: The best display of the saying, form is temporary, class is permanent. He's been off. He gets half an opportunity back to words goal, provide something magnificent, something spectacular. We will get into this more later on. Honourable mentions for goal of the week, of course, there was Brahim Diaz's
0: Messi-esque solo goal Madonna. against Juventus. There was Gerard who's
1: insane free kick against mm-hmm. Atalanta
0: and Diaz's curler to sack trophy, yeah. yeah.
1: Really, really good goals this this um, uh, match day, man. and Amazing goals. To be honest, the... the Match Day 9 has had me at the edge of my seat throughout We got to watch a very healthy amount of culture this weekend um, And I'm hoping it'll be the same this weekend
0: Oh yeah And um, unfortunately the midweek Champions League games Am I right?
1: Yeah uh, (laughs) Forget about (laughs) it Forget Forget about uh, it
0: We're we're not going to be talking about those
1: Serie A Spotlight slips Oh yeah Another victory
0: bro Two in a row Now we are 13 euros and 28 cents richer Thanks to Napoli and Roma's victories, along with Sasha Lukic's late equaliser against Torino. Bro, I screamed at the top of my lungs when he scored I
1: remember, up. man. I remember. And, and he scored it with his stomach. It yeah. was one of the it, messiest goals this week, Totally man. undeserved. <laughs> at that point. Well, to be honest, <laughs> no, we'll, no, we'll get it, into that. It was yeah. probably
0: deserved, but it's just a fun, the funny way in which they, yeah. they got the goal. We are currently at 28 euros and 30 cents. We're getting there, bro.
1: It's a slow and steady race. Yeah. We understand there are thirty-eight match days, so that might mean that sometimes we'll lose six in a row and then we'll win two in a row. You know mm. what I mean? Hopefully that becomes two,
0: three, four, five, six. And I like these five euro bets, and huh? They're quite they're quite safe, like they're mm. not
1: crazy. Yeah, but they're a bit lame eh as well. Putting a mm. fivey. Sometimes I want to toss a, a ten. In the beginning after we won the first. Mm-hmm. We're just putting 15. 15 after yeah. <laughs> fifteen after fifteen. Yeah, but we learn, we grow. We learn and we grow.
0: So, guys, if you have no idea what we're talking about, the, say, uh, Spotlight Slips, you can follow us on Instagram at, say, uh, Spotlight. That's where we post our weekly bet. Um, you can follow us on TikTok and Twitter as well at, say, uh, Spotlight. Always, guys, um, yeah, yeah, hit us up. Give us your feedback.
1: Yeah, don't forget we're on Spotify, Apple Play, um, uh, Apple Play, Google Play, Apple Podcast. Yeah, anywhere you get podcasts, basically. Yeah, pretty much. Before we get into it, we'll just have a quick rundown of the week. So the highlight match of this weekend was Milan 2, Juve nil spectacular win there for the champions. Udinese 2, Atalanta 2, Sassuolo 1, Inter 2, Inter getting one over their bogey teams over there. Cremonese thought they had Napoli at one point, but Napoli came off with a 4-1 win away from home. Fiorentina nil Lazio 4, Roma 2, Lecce 1. Empoli hold Torino in Turin with the score of 1-1. Bologna 1, Sampdoria 1, Samp under new management over there. Salernitana 2, Verona 1. To get Choffy sacked. And Monza 2, Spezia nil. Thoughts on this match day, bro? Amazing, bro. It was intense.
0: There was a lot of, a lot of drama, many big games over here all around. Yeah. Um, I really
1: enjoyed it. I mean, you look at Milan-Juve, you look at Udinese-Atalanta, Sassuolo-Inter, Fiorentina-Lazio, Torino-Empoli as well. These are all games Many goals, man. Many, many goals. For for sure, 100%. We had a little bit of back and forth, you and I, because I wanted to put Mm Milan-Juve as the first game with cover because it is the biggest game of this weekend. And you wanted to put Udinese-Atalanta. Why was that?
0: So, basically... um, for me, at the moment, Udinese, Atalanta is the big game and say, yeah No, mm. you look at the team that's second, you look at the team that's third, and they go head to head. Mm. It's literally the big game of the week. Um, Milan-Juve is the big game historically. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know about you, bro, but I'm against the Super League.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean. Obviously, Udinese, Atalanta is, you know, it's, it's second against third at the time, at least second against fourth. Mm. So, I get that. Whereas Milan-Juve was... What fifth against eighth, yeah. fifth against ninth, something like that. But these motherfuckers have played together, have played against each other in Champions League finals, and they have two of the biggest fan bases around the world. So I guess if people are gonna tune in, they'd rather listen to no, me. No, for Lani sure, Beden that's Udines the populist Atalanta. decision, eh? Not the not the purist decision. Yeah, I decided to go a bit populist, but mm-hmm. as you could see, populism yeah. has once again won. Yes. So we'll start off then with milan juve it was milan to juve nil so milan were coming off a dramatic 3-1 win at empoli if you guys remember that but a dreadful 3-0 defeat to chelsea in the champions league on the other hand juve were coming off an impressive 3-0 win against bologna and a 3-1 win against maccabi haifa in the champions league leading up to this now Both matchups last year between Milan and Juve ended in draws. Even though Milan Mm -hmm. went on to win the league, Juve were a bit disappointing, at least towards the beginning. um, But they both ended in draws. And Milan have gone unbeaten in four of their last five Serie A meetings against Juve, where they won two and drew two. After having lost 13 of their previous 14, where they only won one. Now, obviously, those figures have changed a little bit. Milan would have three wins and, and two draws in their last five so a bit more of a positive um ratio for milan over there but to get into it milan started in a four three two one formation a much changed side from the side that took on chelsea uh, midweek obviously for that was a four three three with at right back kalula and tomari at center back with balotour out wide this time hernandez returned from injury um, Kalulu was shifted to a right-back position and Gabbia filled in that centre-back slot alongside Tomori Three in the midfield were Pobega, Ben Nasser and Tonali I must say that I do like Milan with a three in the midfield Leao and Diaz out wide with Giroud up front For Juve on the other hand was the classic 4-4-2 Chesney in goal, Danilo, Bremer, Bonucci and Sandro in the back um, in the midfield, it was Cuadrado, Locatelli, Rabiot, and Kostic with Vlaovic and Milik up front. Referee for this game, Orzato. Oh yeah. Recipe for disaster, normally <laughs> for Milan fans that have a massive fright when when that announcement. He's not out. a
0: popular name amongst Milan fans. Absolutely,
1: he's a popular one among Juve fans. <laughs> normally. <laughs> now I don't know about you. Maybe it could say something about my pessimism. At times, um, but I thought that Juve were coming in as slight favourites in this game, particularly after the injuries that were announced for Milan after the Empoli game mm. and the midweek embarrassing loss against Chelsea. I don't know what you think about that. Um, oh, and obviously Juve beating Bologna 3 0, then beating yeah. Maccabi Haifa, so on and so forth. I thought that Juve had more
0: momentum and I thought that that might cause um, an upset. Um, but at the end of the day, I still think that Milan came into this game as, as strong favorites, especially the fact that this was played at San Siro, you know, you have mm-hmm. uh, Theo and Leao fit, you know, that's the left-hand side, like that, that's an offensive threat, you know, the, the back line was quite solid as well, Kalulu at right-backs fine, Gabia's holding his own lately, yeah. and he's shown even last season, Gabbia that he can be a dependable uh, fourth-choice centre-back. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I thought that Milan set up well, and I, I did have a good feeling about this game coming into it.
1: Mm-hmm. I had a terrible feeling <laughs> coming into it. Uh, once I saw that Pioli changed up the system to fit the players that are fit at the moment with that 4-3-2-1, um, adding kind of more stability in midfield, adding more stability in defence as well with Kalulu going out wide, I thought that was a, a good sign. And then seeing Juve's 4 4 I was like, okay, mm-hmm. this is going to be totally different than to the I pictured it. Classic number nines With two classic number nines But that, to be honest, has been decent for them Vlavic and Milik Milik was never planned to start Yeah You know, he's starting because Di Maria's out Because Chiesa's out So on and so forth But he's doing a good job alongside Duzan, man
0: Yeah, but I think that many of their problems creating Simply come because they have two target men Who they're trying to provide So you have literally two banks of four working to satisfy those
1: two strikers up front.
0: There's not much creativity there.
1: Yeah, and you look at Quadrado, you look at Costage, these are two players that have been molded to be wing-backs and they're their most offensive outputs in midfield, so on and so forth. We all know that Juve do have a couple of issues at the moment. But to get into the game a little bit, so Milan started off the better team from the get-go, you could say. There was a moment where Leao hit the post with a backheel and there was a shout for a penalty after Vlaovic kind of used his elbow to block a Leao cross shot and mm-hmm. um, now his arms were against his body so it would have been harsh but then you see his elbow was sticking out slightly had his arm been cut off it probably would have gone through there's a bit of controversy over yeah, he, there he
0: definitely extended his arm to um to kind of block the shot no I mean it looked innocent at first but then when you look you know he pulls his arm in realizes the ball is passing by and just Extends his arm ever
1: so slightly Yeah that's the thing when you slow it down It always looks a bit more malicious Doesn't Definitely, it in, the, in yeah. the moment It could have been a a simple kind of human error But yeah at the end of the day look His his arm was in His elbow at least was in an unnatural position It was sticking out Yeah, It's as simple as that Now I'm not too mad about Obviously I'll get into why later I'm not too mad about that not being um, a penalty For Milan But it's just interesting that Referees are so selective. The VAR room is so selective with when to take action and when not to. And that'll be a bit of a theme over here, guys. Moments later, in the 34th minute, Leao hit the post one last time. It was a shot from distance, this time to sting Chesney's left post. Um, And then it was in the 46th minute where Tomori opened the scoring for Milan. Great to see him get on the score sheet, particularly after the Chelsea match where he struggled, kind of seemed like he was trying to prove himself a little bit too much. But this goal in particular, um, there was a volley by Giroud after a corner that hit Tomori, who thankfully was not in an offside position. The defender readjusted and he fired in from six yards out on the half volley himself. Fantastic goal, sending me ahead. What a celebration as well. What a celebration, dude. The entire team surrounded him as well. At the fucking
0: fans Like right? the, who, who was he staring at? Was it the fans? Was it the God Not knows, even the camera man. No right It was the fans
1: for God sure. knows But I would not like to be Whatever it was That he was <laughs> staring at ah, That was yeah,
0: That's the same face He pulled at the referee In the last game Against Barcelona yeah. 100% <laughs> That's one, the exact that
1: same face Every single official As yeah. well man um, That is Tomori's second Career goal For Milan And they were both Against Juve We all remember That 3-0 victory Where he with the icing on the cake, cherry on top of the cake. I don't know what the the saying is. Cherry on the
0: icing on the cake.
1: (laughs) Exactly, with that header making it 3-0 a couple of seasons ago. But yeah, that was Tomori's effort. One thing that obviously we have to mention about this goal was that there did seem to be a foul on Cuadrado, Baite or Hernandez. Um, But VAR couldn't check that because it wasn't part of of the build up that led to the goal but part of the build up that led to the corner. Exactly, so that yeah. that decision was made and they weren't going to var the decision yeah. on a corner. What did you make of do you think it was a foul? It, it was, was a, a foul, foul, it was a foul.
0: He went in very aggressively, he missed the ball completely. He got the
1: man first. That was a foul. Yeah. Okay. So cancelled out there with the earlier error, which is why I wasn't too mad yeah. about the first <laughs> one. <laughs> Not being a penalty for me. I long. mean these
0: things happen, you know. I mean a foul in the middle of the pitch that led to a corner isn't as bad as a penalty not being given, you know what I mean, yeah. for example. Or VAR not interfering when, when there's a an incorrect
1: penalty call or a correct exactly. penalty that wasn't actually called, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, tackles in the middle of the pitch, you think they'll lead to nothing. Sometimes yeah. they do. You know what I mean? This this was one of those situations, not, not obviously if, if you excusing take- the decision.
0: If you take those to VAR, you're going to end up VARing every every time there's a goal. You're going to go like three plays or four plays back to, to exactly. check the... You know, no, It'll no, become no. rugby yeah.
1: um, and we don't want that. Brahim made it 2-0 in the 54th. He intercepted a wayward Vlaovic pass in his own half. He sprinted away from Bonucci, rode a Milik sliding tackle and hit it so hard that it bent back Shrezny's gloves at the near post. What a fucking goal by Ibrahim Takes Crazy. his shirt off Leo carries him around He's flaunting the Brahim Diaz name At the back of his shirt With the number yeah. 10 Absolute scenes there Those are At that point You're watching the game You just want to be a Milan fan You just want to be enjoying that moment eh?
0: Yeah man And especially for a player Who comes under so much criticism And he's He's a young player At the end of the day Who's who's in his third season I think at Yeah the top. third I think now. Yeah Yeah um, and you know He's he's not doing too badly And he, he has moments Where you can say This guy has some quality He's capable of taking his man on But he clearly lacks The phys- physicality To yeah. actually um, do it consistently But to see him score a goal Like this It's just like Seeing it's the underdog story, you know. You're seeing someone's hard work pay off, and it's just amazing to watch. You know, exactly. um, it's a shame Calabria wasn't there to pull his shirt down when he was trying to take <laughs> it off this time, right? Even Literally. purely at the end of the game was like, well, "Why the fuck did you take off your shirt?" <laughs> it's like, it's
1: good, go like that, yeah. the shirt's coming off. I'm surprised he didn't take his shorts yeah, off it, as well. Then we
0: realized well, right, it's for the Messi celebration.
1: No? Yeah, for sure, for yeah. sure. Um, I do think that he does look good on the on the right hand side. it does look better than he does in the middle in the middle obviously he's got two center backs on him over here he could kind of slot in between that left center back and the left back which kind of allows him to get into the pocket a bit more make runs off the ball. Um, it helps him when he's charging as well he doesn't have three men around him instantly. True. It was good. It was good to see him over there. I heard some comments saying that before the goal he was utter shit. Nope, he wasn't. Yeah, he was he driving was the ball forward. He was playing the ball. Sure, his output wasn't always there, but no one's output was and there before the goal. He
0: had ninety three percent pass succession, for example. He's barely, he barely made any mistakes. You know, yeah. he was
1: involved.
0: He dribbled successfully. I can't remember him like dribbling and losing the ball at, at yeah. any point. You know what I mean? I thought this was a very mature performance by Ibrahim Diaz. Yep, agreed. And and I really the... like the the formation change the way Pioli adapted to the players available. This was a good idea. The Christmas tree formation, the 4-3-2-1, that famous formation that Milan won so much with.
1: Yeah. And Pobega slotting into the midfield brilliantly. We we'll have to mention him obviously. We've seen Krunic fill in that role before. Um I must say, man, now Krunic obviously everyone here listening knows how much we love Krunic. Mm-hmm. Pobega slots in nicely, I love that physicality he brings, man, sure, of sometimes his output is a little bit, that's where I'd rather have Krunic, but on the breakdown of play, he's such a good addition, man, Pobega, such a good addition to that midfield.
0: Yeah. I mean, you're right, Pobega is fucking brilliant, um, and he's a very exciting talent to have, 23 years old, Krunic is 29 years old, he's Pioli's probably favourite player, no? Yeah, I would say um, so. I think Kroenich understands Pioli's vision perfectly. And I think that's why Pioli tends to prefer Kroenich in, in big games, in big moments, in several positions where there's no one else who's adequate, for example. Mm. So, so yes, I, I do agree. However, I disagree with your point about Pobega's out, output. I think that, for example, when it comes to long-distance shooting, Pobega's probably even better than Kroenich's. He can't hit the ball, bro.
1: Long-distance shooting, probably. When well, I say, like, advanced passing, sure, Poberga has sometimes where they come off for him But Mm. we do see him being a step behind play Sometimes, yes Quite often But he'll he'll get there I mean, Tonali was like that the season he signed And look at him now, you know what I mean? Um, And I think Poberga's having a way better start than Tonali did Way better Poberga's having very good games Like I said over here, man He slotted in and he gave Milan Exactly what Milan needed to, to fucking win this game now Allegri asked for Milan injuries bro He got Milan injuries and he still <laughs> lost Is there a message you have for this man? Yes man, watch yourself
0: Alright <laughs> Allegri You have to watch yourself bro Because somehow you still have a job It's crazy how proud Agnelli is Yeah. Like not sacking him after their loss to uh, Macaroni Hashisha Whatever the hell their name is is <laughs> just crazy to me How the fuck is this guy still in a job man? How much do they have to pay to sack him? 9 million That's, is it 9 million? No, he, no, he's, so on, he's 9 on 9 million, million a, season, a season. But I think they'll have to compensate more. No, I've had seen something like 30 million to sack him or because, something.
1: Because I, I spoke to a, a Juve fan at, at Freshers today. So this guy just rocked up to school in a Juve kit. I'm mm-hmm. like, you're brave, man. <laughs> you're brave. Two losses in a row like that. And we chatted for a while and I'm like, it, it'll cost you guys 9 million to get to the Valle. He's like, eh, 9 million. Like he's on 9 million a year and he's got two and a half years left on his contract, which means 18 million, 18 plus 4.5, it'll be like 22.5 million to yeah. fucking sack this guy. And at the end of the day, they just want to add that to another 60 million and buy Sergei in midfield. Yeah. No, they don't want exactly. to sack a leg.
0: Yeah, that's, that's what they're going to do now. They're going to buy a Milinkovic Savic. Um, <laughs> <That'll, that'll laughs> I can't see that happening, by the way, at the moment. Uh, but money talks, huh? So you never know. Um, f- understanding finances is always a task and a half in football. You look at Barcelona, everyone talking about how broke they are. Then they yeah. go and break the bank, and suddenly they're all right playing in the Champions League as a favourite in their group once again. Yeah. Um, so it's always weird to see.
1: 100%. Um, still on the topic of Milan. Um, I am in a place now because, obviously, as Milan fans, we take a look around the roster and we say, okay, Tonali is consistently brilliant. Benasser is consistently brilliant. We're big fans of Giroud. Brahim is doing stuff. And, obviously, you listen to pundits around the world. Everyone raves about Leao. And, of course, he is obviously, obviously, Milan's standout player. And I don't feel like we show him enough credit because we're we're hipsters you know what i mean so we want to <laughs> uh, you're highlight... not a hipster if you say you're a hipster well i'm <laughs> I am kind of referring to us in the third person <laughs> so i guess i guess i'm allowed to do that but we we like to highlight the players that maybe aren't obviously being highlighted yes, yes, so yes. it takes a bit away from Leao. layout is something else Yes. The touch that he has, the way that he beats every single man in his path for ease. Is- he was taking the piss late on against Juve. Yeah, man. Turning everyone inside out like it was nothing, man. Yeah, there was a, there was a
0: point he turned Miretti into Morliti. <laughs> he he <laughs> spun in circles. He went right,
1: then he went left, then he, he did the chop. Like it's like, where is he gonna go, dude? Morliti are hemorrhoids and Maltese. I repeat, yeah. Morliti are hemorrhoids <laughs> in Maltese. Thank
0: you very much for explaining my joke to our foreign. Listeners, um, I hope you enjoyed that, guys. <laughs> One um, more
1: point, yeah, on on Milan. That I have to make. I don't know if you wanted to say something over
0: there. No, it's just that Leo is such a physical specimen, such a raw talent. He's so explosive, right? He's a physical freak. He can take. His man on Like he can outpace anyone He can outmuscle anyone It almost looks like He's playing with children Sometimes when he's When Fucking he's it. Uh, Yeah <laughs> when, Yeah honestly He looks like he's playing um, Against like an under 16 It's team true. sometimes it's,
1: it's like you have a Literally like you have An 18 year old Like teacher At school And he's playing with A bunch of 8 year old kids Playing yeah. with both A bunch of 8 year old kids Um But yeah, I mean, spectacular performance by by Milan over here to get the win. Um, Juve aren't the kind of team to make it super easy. Um, And obviously Milan had some controversy with the two Chelsea games where they basically lost on an aggregate of 5-0 and looked absolutely hopeful. i sorry, hopeless. Mm. Um, But hopeful in the league that they will keep up these performances and with this 4-3-2-1 system, even with the injuries, They can continue to be serious title contenders. Juve, on the other hand, needs some serious work to get there. Um, They don't have a bad starting eleven. It's just the way that they're deployed, the way that they're utilized. Everything is shambolic. I don't know what comments you have about Juve's performance.
0: No, it just leaves a lot to be desired. It leaves everything to be desired, quite frankly. just overall uninspiring, man. You know, I, I can't even remember a time where Tatarasan was was challenged. Like, I, they mm-hmm. had one shot at one point. I remember with uh, I think it was Moiskine. No, Milik Milik had a shot at the point for sure. Yeah, and and Tatar, and, and Tatar, caught Tatar it. just caught it. Like, yeah. In fact, did they even have any shots? They they had a target?
1: decent attempt, like you said, of Moiskine, yeah. But Kalulu got back and got a fucking vital touch. Man, to that.
0: Yeah, they had three shots on target, three off target, and four blocked. Yeah, Milan. Yeah, and Kalulu, Kalulu, bro.
1: Wow. Kalulu in, in, yeah. in,
0: insane. But yeah, um, if I were a Juventus fan right now, I would want Allegri out, quite frankly, um, as soon as possible. Um, it can't be. He was sarcastically applauding them as well against um what, what are they called? Maccabi Haifa. Maccabi Haifa yes, was sarcastically applauding his own players, simply berating them on the on the sideline. Um don't berate your players, just Play the young hungry ones. Play Miretti, like I'm sure yeah. Miretti, Miretti will put in a shift for you. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, he has his, his ways, his philosophy. He's stubborn. And quite frankly, I think he's past it right now. Especially in this environment. I'm sure he can do well elsewhere. But right now, I think Juve needs something something different. Definitely.
1: Yeah. Juve need their fans to start a petition where everyone donates 5 euro. And hopefully that will equate <laughs> to the 34 million euro needed to remove this man. Um I was speaking with that <clears throat> with that Juve fan at Freshers who said, why doesn't he leave himself? Like, why mm-hmm. is he such an asshole? Because he's on 9 million a year. He's why on the, 9 million a year. Where would he go? <laughs> but everyone's going to forget his fucking legacy, man. Everyone's going to forget what it is that he did with Juve before that, winning all those league titles in a row. It's, it's the now that people care about. And right now, he's digging this team's grave. That's now. a
0: that's an interesting point. Because, in fact, Aniel is also under fire for... Not making a decision Some are saying he's being too passive He's being too proud Keeping Allegri on, right? Mm. Agnelli is the man Who brought Juve nine Nine um, leagues in a row, right? Mm -hmm. So you can compare it For example, to Berlusconi Who made Milan um, a global brand For example Who turned Milan Into one of the best teams in the world Um, Best teams in history, quite frankly Um, Berlusconi did do that And then he did Single-handedly almost, you know Fuck Milan up. He gave them many years of damage. Almost irreparable at a point. You know, completely fucked the team financially. You know, there was no talent, aging players. Like, it was looking hopeless. And Agnelli's still in time to not allow that to happen. You know, Allegri's the guy, once again, yes, he brought you great success in the past, but the past is the past. Yeah.
1: I I always say Juve tried to progress with new management after winning all those league titles with Allegri they're like okay let's go for Sarri now it's time for Sarri ball they gave him a season they're like okay let's go for Pirlo now they gave him a season they panicked and they went back to Allegri they've halted all the progress that they were working towards for those two seasons where they were still getting Champions League now they're risking not getting Champions League in their old system stuck in a very conservative starting 11 and, and it's not looking good for them man yeah. they have to pick it up Like Sarri had said Bro
0: um, This Juve side Is uncoachable. Everyone mocked him Back then Perhaps what he said Was
1: true Perhaps it was Juve are currently In 8th place um, On 13 points West Milan Are in 5th Level on points With Udinese On 20
0: points Speaking of Udinese The best Bianconeri side in Italy at the moment. (laughs) They took on the best Narazzurri side in Italy at the moment. Um, Udinese 2, Atalanta 2. The real big game of the weekend, guys. Let's go. (laughs) So Atalanta were actually unbeaten. Oh, they are unbeaten as we speak in their last 10 Serie A meetings against Udinese with 7 wins and 3 draws. Now, in the past, there have been 30 goals in the last six Serie A meetings between Udinese and Atalanta, five per game on average. Fuck. This is always a shootout, bro. Fuck. Um, this game marked Giampiero Piero Gasperini's 300th game in charge of Atalanta in all competitions um, since his debut in 2016-2017. Only three coaches in Europe have collected more appearances with a single side, bro, in the big five leagues. Do you want to guess who they are? Um... For sure
1: Sir Alex Ferguson No no active Oh active With a single club yeah. In the top 5 leagues More than 300 appearances yes. Fuck huh That's difficult man
0: I mean Some are quite obvious Like I mean Allegri No Well Cause he He left That's why uh. But I'm talking since I think about who's been there for ages Ages like who's been there for ages. Okay, it's it's Simeone for Okay. For okay. Atletico Madrid, he's got 326 appearances. Ooh, Klopp must be one. Klopp exactly with Liverpool with 339 and Guardiola, Guardiola. With, with City exactly 363 appearances. Ooh, the prime. crazy. And then it's uh, Gasperini.
1: Fuck Ooh. me. Mm-hmm. No. The, the gnome.
0: Um, Atalanta striker Luis Muriel has scored eleven say, goals against Udinese in the three points um, for a win era. Only two non-Italian players have had uh, more against a single opponent in this competition. Are you gonna make me guess who they are as well. No, or? no, they're they're Crespo with fourteen, okay, against Udinese as well, Fucking
1: and man. Higuain with twelve against Lazio. Jesus. Was... Yeah. Mur- Muriel was with Udinese, I you know. Yes, he was. That's mean. That's yeah. kind of fucking mean, eh? Yeah, Inter have just scored against Barcelona. Yeah, it's 1-1, 1-1 at 1-1. the moment in the 50th minute.
0: But anyway, moving on to the lineups. Udinese lined up with their usual 3-5-2 formation with Silvestri in goal, Ebosse, Biol and Perez at the back, Udojli and Pereira on the flanks with Makengo, Wallace and Lovridge in the middle. The striking duo of Beto and Deo Atalanta lined up with a 3-4-1-2 formation with Sportiello and goal. Scalvini, Demiral and Ocoli at the back. Hattabur and Mele out wide. A double pivot of Miners and Derune with Pasalic as a trequartista, Artista. Lukman and Muriel up front. So it all kicked off in the 36th minute when Luis Muriel held up play amazingly on the left using tricky feet. Um, and he played a perfect low through ball To Lookman at the far post Who smashed mm. it in um, And then he was Interestingly enough Booked for his celebration Bro Now I don't know Lookman's celebration Is where he puts like The binoculars on his eyes You know He puts like his hands In binocular shapes And put them, puts them um, to his eyes And he got booked for it And he was like What the so fuck weird. ref That's
1: my celebration It's so fucking but, yeah. weird in, in in like I don't understand I'm I'm a very privileged man But in what world Is that offensive <laughs> like In what world Is that offensive to anyone As a
0: straight white male I don't understand Um, (laughs) (laughs) He was Probably he saw it As he was taunting the fans I guess Uh, You know Like where are you Wooden as a fans. Yeah
1: Get over it like
0: In the 56th minute Muriel was tripped By Udojri in the box It was a clear penalty Silvestri guessed right But couldn't stop Muriel's low and hard shot Into the bottom corner 2-0 That was Muriel's First goal of the season Now Um, Gerard Olefeu In the 67th minute um, You know Gave a bit of life To Udinese They were looking down And out um, They they still fought You know But of course The scoreline was against them Everything was against them But this fucking free kick From a distance Wow bro Incredible Long range free kick Into the bottom corner Brilliant Mad Mad
1: Beautiful strike
0: And then in the 78th minute um, A move straight off The training ground Um, It was a corner Played short To Delefeu Who played it through To Pereira At the byline Pereira kept it in by crossing it first time to Perez who headed it home and I was 2-2 in the 78th minute and then after that it was all Udinese bro and I thought they were actually going to do it. Um, By the way the Lukman celebration clearly pissed off the fans as well because after um, Perez's goal you can see the fans all doing the Lukman celebration (laughs) as the camera pans over them. it was hilarious. Um, Arslani at the end of the game had a good opportunity to get the winner it was given to him at his feet you know he had he had the whole world at his feet. There, he could have made the headlines, but of course, he failed to hit the target. Mm-hmm. Um, shortly, um, just a little bit before that, he was really frustrated for not being played the ball. Um, so it's funny. And then when he's actually played the ball, he makes a hash yeah. of it. It's always funny to yeah, see. Yeah. But yeah, bro, what a response by Odinez after going two nil down. They could have taken all three points. What do you think?
1: For well, sure, so one thing we've really praised Atalanta for is that slightly more conservative approach, whereby they'll get the goals, they'll defend the lead, and they basically would allow their opponents to tire themselves out whilst they stay compact, whilst they stay calm, and that has led them to be the side in Serie A that has conceded the least goals. With that being said, then doing that against Odineza could cause problems. Because like we said in the last episode, Odineza pick and prod at teams for 70 minutes non-stop. They tire out their opponents who are constantly shifting formation and shifting positions to kind of defend. They keep fucking attacking, 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 attacking. And then come the 67th minute, they get a goal. And then obviously momentum is in their favor and they get another one. So they... Atalanta didn't technically do anything wrong It's just Udinese have so much longevity And so much life in their game That yeah. it's difficult to execute Atalanta's game plan Against them at the moment
0: That's true bro We're seeing over here This Udinese side is similar to the Atalanta of the past Exactly And this Atalanta is similar to the Udinese of the past Exactly <laughs> So yeah and when they went head to head It was quite a quite an encounter bro It was definitely difficult for Atalanta to keep them out With the low block, when Udinese are so persistent going forward. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean, Atalanta hardly concede goals, and these guys put two past them, bro. I mean, I can't... Who was the last team to put two past them? Has there even been a team this season that has put two past Atalanta?
1: This season, I don't think so.
0: Yeah, probably not.
1: They're undefeated. They conceded one against Milan. No, no one has put two past them. Delafoy is um
0: Udinese's assist king and he's their goal scorer too. Uh, kind of the same as Muriel right mm-hmm. now. Um, who do you think is the most important offensive outlet for their teams?
1: Um I would I would say Delafoy. I would say Delafoy simply because he Yeah, he's he's an assist there. He he takes spot kicks so he could whip the ball in from Corners, He can take penalties He can take free kicks Be it from out wide Or be it direct free kicks to goal Um, And I also think that Atalanta are kind of covered In the sense that they've got a very diverse squad Like if Duvan Zapata starts for example He could have Pasalic And I don't know Coop Miners behind him for example He could have Lukman and, And one of their other guys basically behind him I think Odinez are slightly more limited up front. I think Delafeu has been their go-to guy for so long. It's been him and Pereira for so long over there. Yeah, since game. the De Paul days. Since the De Paul days. I, I, would, I would safely say, I would confidently say um, Delafeu in this one.
0: Yeah, um, Muriel brings something that um, the other Atalanta players do not mm. have. He's got that like raw vision and that... Ex- that explosive creativity, that like fantasy play—you know what yeah. I mean? Like, like, mm-hmm. yeah, no one quite has the talent or the eye that Muriel has on this uh, Atalanta team. And there are talents. I uh, don't get me wrong. Like mm-hmm. Pasalich and Coupe Miners, for example, are very good playmakers, but none with the eye that Muriel has. But um, yes, I have to agree with you over here. Deulofeu is replaceable, and I can see, for example, if he if he ever falls injured, God forbid, um, Udinese will be in trouble. Oh, well they won't be in trouble But they definitely won't be as strong as they currently are I think they'll
1: be in trouble personally I mean you think of his replacement Which would be Isaac's success And that is a massive dip in quality for them A massive dip in quality
0: Yeah I mean he's significantly worse But the the system is there And it's ticking bro And I don't know I don't know if they're one man reliant You know what I mean I'm, I'm not too sure about that Like they've got fucking good tools Pretty much all around um, but yes, nothing nothing can compare to the impact, of yeah. course, not they, to they, undermine them.
1: Their link up play and their set pieces will take a significant hit if you were to. Yeah.
0: But I mean Pereira is very capable from the set pieces as well, you know?
1: As well. Link up yeah. play though. Yeah. Success on Delafo. Yes. Massive difference.
0: Especially when it comes to the ability to drive. No one quite has exactly. that compared to the exactly. But yes, um, I don't know if there's anything else you'd like to add from this wonderful game of football. Um
1: it just highlights perfectly the new era of Serie A, man. Just two highly changed teams from last season, battling it out at the top of the league pretty much in the yeah. after the opening nine matches. It was just a spectacle, this game, and I enjoyed every second of it, man. Same here, bro. Atalanta currently sit second with
0: 21 points. That's two points behind Napoli, who are in first, of course. Um, Udinese currently sit fourth with 20 points. Uh, level on points with Milan and Lazio
1: mad so I just heard back a little bit of the podcast while you're at the bathroom and I sound Mm. terrible I just want to clarify guys I am super sick at the moment my glands are the size of my fists Mm. um, and my body aches so so that's me trying to talk football so the real
0: hero over here is me I'm, I'm risking my health and my, um, thank you. You know my well-being by being here with you today, recording, yeah. bro. Sharing a microphone, you know.
1: Yeah. And no, no. But thank you very much for for powering through, bro. My pleasure. I was gonna bitch out. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> the next game we're gonna be covering is Sassuolo one Inter two Inter getting another two one victory at the Mape. We were there the season before, yes, watching sir. this fixture, and similarly Zerko scored in this yeah. match again. Um, so, Sassuolo were coming off a 5-0 victory against Salernitana, So, Inter must have been shitting themselves. Um, the Nerazzurri beat Barca midweek in the Champions League, but had lost four of their last six Serie A games, including two in a row. And were level on points with Sassuolo going into this game as well. So And Sassuolo are obviously known to be Inter's dark horses as well. So much so that Sassuolo have beaten Inter more than any other side in Serie A. With 8 wins out of 19 fixtures for oh. Sassuolo. They also have 8 wins against Sampdoria and Genoa, but they're shit, so <laughs> it doesn't really matter. So, going into the lineup. So, Dionysi's side started in a 4 3 3 formation. Conciliing goal with a backline of Rogerio, Ferrari, Ehrlich, and Tolian. Midfield 3 of Torres, Vett, Lopez, and Fratesi. And front 3 Of L'Oriente, Pinamonti and Chede Chede, I guess Sadie Sadie, okay, let's call him Sadie, baby Mercedes Yeah, Sadie, fuck it On the other hand, for Inter It was their classic 3-5-2 formation This time it was Onana starting in goal We said a hundred times Handanovic will be starting And then he'll he'll show that he's not what he used to be And Onana will be introduced to the squad As their (laughs) number one Exactly what happened on Anna between the sticks over there. Back three of D'Ambrosio, who took place of Skriniar, along with Acherby and Bastoni. Massive changes there for Inter, a back, um, a back three there without Skriniar and Devry. Um, Dumfries and DeMarco as the wing-backs, with Barella, Aslani and Chalnoglu in the, in the midfield, with Zeko and Lautaro Martinez up front. So it was pretty end-to-end to start things off. Both sides seemed confident and both sides seemed to fancy their chances in this game. But Inter did open the scoring in the 44th minute through Edin Zeko, who backed his 100th goal in Serie A. And Dumfries flicked on a header from a corner to Zeko, who dragged the ball into the back of the net. That's where Zeko is good and obviously the, the poacher. In the 60th minute, Davide Fratezi equalized here for Sassuolo. It was a Rogerio cross to the back post, which was half volleyed in by a totally unmarked Fratezi over there. Inter's defense got flat-footed. Fratezi is really turning out to be what he was in Serie A and what we all expected him to be in Serie A. His output is looking better and hopefully... You know, as as yeah, yeah, as Azzurri fans as well We'd hope to see more of this from Davide
0: Yeah, I mean, he he had a very good season as well last year In his debut season in Serie a, Scoring quite mm-hmm. a few goals right? Five, six, how many did he get by the end of the year? Some,
1: I'll um, fact you check, can, you can
0: continue
1: Okay, cool um, Concilier had a spectacular save on Lautaro's header You remember that? We fucking oh, yes, freaked bro. Wow, out, like... man It was a stellar save But moments after that And then Zeko Got his one hundred and first first goal in the game as if the one wasn't enough. <laughs> um, he beat Ferrari off the ball to head in a Mkhitaryan cross at the far post. Yeah. Four goals and three assists for the way. Last season, yes. four goals, three assists for Fratelli. Yeah. Super stuff. So this was quite a, an even encounter, bro. So Sassuolo with 52% ball possession to Inter's 48. Sassuolo with 15 goal attempts, Inter with 16. So just one more shot there. On target for Sassuolo, three on target for Inter, four, really, really even stuff. But at the end of the day, do you think Inter deserved the victory? I
0: think they did, bro, deserve the victory here. I think they persevered and they played against the bogey side. Um, a team that has proven to, to give them problems And to be honest, they're, they're under a lot of pressure right now Inter. I think that Barcelona victory came at the right time It yeah. gave them enough motivation to come here and get the job done uh, What would have it's been a very complicated game If they were still down in the dumps, you know
1: For sure, but, man, for sure um, It's like you said, Sassol are totally Inter is bogey teams it's never going to be an easy match against them Sassuolo again coming off a a 5-0 win against Salernitana and Inter coming off okay a win against Barca but two losses in a row in Serie A four losses out of six and they had midweek football for them to get a win over here that might be a little bit of a turning point for Inter still I think that for example there are certain factors like for example Lautaro Martinez in my opinion um, as great of a striker as he is and as, you know, as essential he's been for Inter in the past three seasons or whatever. He does seem to go missing at times. And this is one of those periods where he seems to be missing his shooting mm-hmm. boots. He hasn't scored since match day four against Cremonese. He does go
0: on these spells. We've seen it before. Um, I think he's a player. Most strikers are like this, but he's a victim of um, poor form, No. When when a dry spell starts, he seems to struggle to shake it off. Um, we saw we see it, for example, with Simeone. Simeone is the, mm. the perfect example of this. Even Higuain was kind of like that. Um, yeah. Bar that crazy season he had at Napoli. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, normal stuff over there. Um, plus, it's not his job to be the main goal scorer. You know, th- those the task is in the hands of uh, Lukaku and Edin Dzeko, who, by the way, was... Was fucking good this game.
1: Yeah, that's the next point. I wanted to highlight Zerko quite a bit over here. Um, I seem to forget. That Zerko last season was that starting man alongside Lautaro Martinez So yeah. I'd say they're missing a certain link up front Which is normally brought about by Lukaku and Lautaro Because of their very intimate relationship um, But obviously Lautaro and Zerko have something going quite uh, quite well as well They came yeah. second last year and they were super together up yeah, front man. Two
0: points, they would have had the league
1: Exactly if it weren't yeah. for, mm.
0: um, Inzaghi, Inzaghi this game bro yeah, he started substituting everyone on a exactly. yellow, right? yes, yes, yes. So he took out, uh, who was it? Aslani and D'Ambrose, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In the 46th and the 58th minute. So, yeah, that's interesting that his, his mind works like that. Yeah, so.
1: well, they, they have Salernitana next. And maybe if it were last season, uh, I'd, I'd say he wouldn't have needed to sub them out. But nowadays, you have a game against Salernitana, do you want your best 11A? Eh? So take them out yeah. to make the change. The the only problem is that he he would make that substitution regardless. He'd make those substitutions, maybe even in the fucking Champions League final. Like yeah. he seems so so committed to He's doing. He's a it.
0: very analytical man.
1: Yeah. Um. Last point about Inter is the Onana versus Handanovic debate. Do you think that Onana is now their main man between the sticks, um, or do you think the thirty nine year old is getting some well deserved rest?
0: Good question. Um, I think this is something we're gonna see more often than not now. Onana starting. Um, he impressed in the Champions League. He's impressing with his performances in, in Italy too. He's twenty six years old. No, he's the future for Italy uh, for Inter, not Italy, mm-hmm. over here. Um, Handanovic, of course, is aging. He's pissing fans off with yeah. by, by remaining rooted to the ground. No, doing his. Um, palm tree impersonation <laughs> but yes uh, i i do think that we'll be seeing more of anana And less of handanovic do i think handanovic should be totally excluded no we'll see no. him in the Coppa italia for example we'll see him and when when they play twice midweek we might see handanovic yeah. kind of like perin and no, right now
1: exactly and, and not a not a bad goalkeeper to have as your second choice uh, handanovic no, he's no, still no. He's still when he performs He's a man of the match performer. Mm-hmm. Like when he has a fucking good game, he's he's class. But it, it just seems that obviously age is catching up to him, and he's human at the end of the day. Um, Sassuolo, on God, they play beautiful football. These guys, man. So honestly, nice, bro. so intricate, man. Yeah, I, I thought that dip from from last year, but honestly, their play style has improved even with the losses or with the losses that they face that we all know. Um, their football. Their football style is still there. They have loads of injuries as well. Mm-hmm. But it's just the way they switch play and the way they hang on to position, the way that they're capable. Obviously, they didn't dominate a game against Inter. Who the fuck dominates a game against Inter? But the fact that they got 15 shots away against Inter, and they had 52% ball possession, and they had Inter fucking screaming yeah. to, to get a victory. It's a beautiful sign. This is all gelling together very well. And last year, I criticized Dionysi so much but no, I'm like, give the guy time, man. Yeah, of course, of course, yes. Um, he
0: has a clear philosophy of how he wants to play. It matches the Sassuolo philosophy and what desire be left, quite frankly. Yeah. Um, the Sassuolo team has just been evolving since Eusebio Di Francesco, quite frankly, since yeah. he took them up from Serie to the fucking Europa League. It was crazy, mm-hmm. um, and they've not been that good. Like they've not been Europa League good, but they have been a team that can give anyone a fucking tough time. And they certainly gave Inter a tough time this game
1: For sure Um, They face Atalanta next Which is their fourth encounter against a top 7 team this season Mm -hmm. Um, Now normally they they fucking demolish top 7 teams In the second half of the Mm. season Particularly so far They have a loss against Juve They have a loss against Inter And a draw against Milan Do you think they could do something against Atalanta? Maybe hand them their first defeat of the season? Are Sassuolo at home or away? Sassuolo are Let me just double check that real quick Give me a sec.
0: Oh yeah, put you on the spot, baby. <laughs> I can actually check here. Sassuolo are away. Sassuolo are away. Yes. Okay. Um, no. <laughs> yeah. At most a draw, but yeah. I think it'll be a tough, tough game for them.
1: Yeah, I, I, think, I think they could get away with a draw over there. Maybe a yeah. draw or win Sassuolo would put the odds nice and nice and juicy. So, by the way, next week is.
0: A tough one Next week is one of the toughest
1: gambling weeks we have so far For sure But we'll see what we we cook up Maybe we do like goals over and under or something (laughs) Yellow cards, corners Mm. Um, (laughs) Inter in 7th on 15 points They're now, you know, like 8 points behind league leaders Napoli Which is quite crazy Um, Sassuolo in ninth on 12 points
0: The next game we're going to be covering is Cremonese 1, Napoli 4 Napoli have gone unbeaten in their last seven meetings against Cremonese in all competitions, bro, with four wins and three draws. Their last defeat was back in September 1994, 2-0 away from home in Serie A. Um, Yeah, Cremonese were unbeaten in their last two Serie A meetings against Napoli. And they have never gone three in a row against them in the competition without a single defeat. Oh, my God. They were unbeaten against Napoli under Luigi Simone, bro. Oh, my That's God. That's quite crazy, to be honest with you. So yes, is. um Napoli managed to end their dry spell against Cremonese. How, <laughs> how weird is that to say? Bro, respect to Napoli. Definitely. Tough opponent. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> they really were. Now we'll get into it. Um, Gvica Kvaratskhelia, bro. Um, A little bit of a stat on him before we get into it Has scored 5 league goals so far this season The only player to have had more in his debut Serie A season for Napoli In the first 10 match days in the 3 points era Was Edinson Cavani back in the 2010-2011 campaign with 8
1: goals Brother, I've said this before and I've said it again They're starting to call Gvaratskelia Gvaradona I think it's about time they start calling Maradona Maratskelia. <laughs> this guy is something else. <laughs> <Super. Maratzkelia>, that's... <laughs> that's Diego Maratskelia Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs>
0: That's amazing, bro. Thank you. Cremonese, um, Lord help me, lined up with their <laughs> 4 2 3 1 formation with Radu in goal. Qualiata on the left, that's a new one. Sir Nicola on the right. Bianchetti and Lakosiusvili as centre backs. Um, Mete and the Bar as the double pivot with Valeri on the left. Zanemaki on the right. Afanaljan behind the deserts in attack. Um, Napoli lined up with Meret in goal, Di Lorenzo on the right, Mario Rui on the left, Kim Jae Min, Kim Min Jay, sorry, as a center back, and Rahmani as his partner. The midfield tandem of Indombele, Lobotka, and Anguissa with Politano on the right, Gvartskele on the left, and Raspadori up front. Ozyman was not quite ready for this one yet, but he did feature in the Champions League today and scored today, yeah. being Wednesday. Okay, so the all first. Right. <laughs> all right, let's get groovy. The first goal <laughs> came in the 26th minute through Matteo Politano. Just, good player. Good player. <laughs> just like uh, Gvaratskelja did against Milan, he won a penalty by dribbling into the box and just causing havoc. Um, he was dropped by Bianchetti. Politano sent the keeper the wrong way and placed him to the bottom left corner. He's a very reliable penalty taker, Matteo Politano.
1: Uh huh, uh huh, I would say so. Yeah,
0: um, it was in the 47th minute uh, where something crazy happened. A deflected shot came to the feet of Dessers, who lofted the ball over Merit and into the back of the net, and suddenly they're 1 1. And then 10 minutes pass. Then another 10 minutes pass. Another 10 minutes passed, and, and we're still... like, oh no, yeah. our bet, but oh yes, Milan. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and oh yes, the fairy tale. Um, But it was in the 76th minute where, um coming off the bench, of course, Giovanni Simeone scored. Again, just like the goal against Milan, Mario Rui crossed the ball to Giovanni Simeone. This time at the far post, uh, the Argentine rose majestically and headed it home. Um, once again, it was a slam dunk. No, yeah. what a fucking header, man! So yeah. dominant. And Mario Rui and him are really getting to know each other
1: well. I'm still, like I said, bro. I'm still waiting for someone to fucking put Mario Rui on the bench. Every season we say they need to upgrade that left side. Yeah. They bring someone in, and he's nowhere near the level that Mario Rui is. At least moving forward, um, and uh, having someone like Simeone, ozimen and Raspadori to feed. Must be scratching his hand Game in game out man
0: Right man um, And Mario Rui Apparently bro Massive personality Yeah, huh? Like he's the type of guy Like apparently When Guevara arrived He um, He said that He really helped him Settle in Mario Rui Like okay. on and off the pitch
1: Like in general like, He's been there for ages Yeah man he's, he's the guy Like Mario Rui He is the guy And he also looks a bit like Johnny Depp in my opinion Think I about mean, it Johnny about Depp it. If you leave him in the washing machine For too long <laughs> And then
0: basically, um, Cremonese, of course, committed way too many men forward um, in a desperate attempt to find the equaliser. And it was in the 92nd minute that Kvaratskeli on the break charged forward, squared it through Irving Lozano, who found the back of the net. Shortly after, in the 94th minute, Di Lorenzo um, crossed the ball in. It was Matias Oliveira who headed it past Radu. And scored the winner. His first goal for Napoli, actually. He was the guy who was brought in as the Mario Rui replacement, actually. Exactly. found the back of the net interesting for him. So, yeah, um, at the end of the day, the scoreline certainly did flatter Napoli, bro. Cremonese gave them a tough time. Um, Napoli were full of praise, um, particularly Spalletti, who said that um, Cremonese's position in the table does not reflect them as a side, as they
1: are actually way better than uh-huh. that, do you agree? I, I do, I do agree. We've seen Cremonese against the likes of Fiorentina, for example, and then other matches as well. I can't seem to remember right now, but even against Napoli and against yeah. Fiorentina, they can play. They can play. They have significant bursts where they're capable of attacking. And otherwise they're a very mature side when it comes to holding their shape and when it comes to defending. Yeah. Um they're a good team. Thing is, they lack quality. And That's the quality it, doesn't come down to their management. It doesn't come down to their formation. It, it comes down to the individuals that are in their squad. They have a good system built around them. But I'm afraid that they don't have many players to rely on. I personally got excited when they signed Afenadjan. I think moving forward, once Afenadjan finds himself a little bit more, he could... Upgrade Cremonese significantly. You know how he mm-hmm. is when he gets into the yes. groove, gets on the ball, goes on these tantalizing runs. But once
0: again, he's a youth player, right? They're developing for another team, like quite frankly. Um, oh, he was signed. Oh, he was signed by Cremonese. Signed right? by, yeah, of course signed. he was, yes. Uh, and Mourinho bought him shoes. Um, <laughs> Cremonese, bro, about their impressive games, which, by the way, you're absolutely right. Um, the first game against Fiorentina should have been a draw. Yeah. They, it was rather Radu. blunder at the uh-huh. end. Yes, they lost 3 2. Amazing. With display, a man right down. Then, with well. a man down, exactly. Next game against Roma, they lost 1 0, barely. Then mm-hmm. um, they lost to Torino. They lost to Winter, of course, but then they held Sassuolo and they held Atalanta. Madonna. Yeah, then they lost 4 0 to Lazio. Everyone loses 4 0 to Lazio. They held Lecce. They should have probably won that one if they wanted to. And they were, up much, points. they the, were much better than Lecce. They and were, the they were, they were. Oh, my God, Inter. Gossens, is that Oh, my God, it's Gossens. And he's... I have him on fantasy football, if you
1: want. I mean... Oh, my God, look at that! Oh, my God! The fans have just stormed the pitch for those... It's a pitch invasion. That looks like stuff, bro. Yeah, that's the
0: stuff. The entire Inter bench just ran onto the pitch in the 88th minute. This is a fucking game. Crazy. Okay, sorry, guys. Now, (laughs) um, yes... The next point I would like to make is that every new Napoli signing has now officially scored. Respect, respect. From Oliveira to Raspadori to Simeone to Gvarazkelia to... Uh, no, actually, there's one who hasn't, in Ndombele. Oh, okay. Ndombele okay, hasn't. Okay. Once okay. he
1: scores, every single signing would have scored. But um, yes, Raspadori, by the way, four goals in the Champions League so far, one behind Holland. Yeah, man. And he's played 93 minutes. He scored four goals in 93 minutes. There we go. Mini mini Aguero. Raspadori.
0: Rahmani, bro, had a crazy run in the third minute where he struck the bar. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone wants to get one for Napoli right now. Mm. Um, And Simeone, I want to highlight, bro, that at the end of the game, he was looking good with the ball. Like he was playing some fucking good passes, bro. A pre-assist to Lozano. Should have also had an assist on uh, Lozano too when he crossed the ball and Lozano missed a crazy mm-hmm. chance. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, Simeone is looking super inspired right now.
1: Come to think of it, dog. The three forwards, that the three strikers that Napoli have all, I mean, I was going to say fighting for their players, yeah. but they have Osimen, they have Raspadori, and they have Simeone. Mm-hmm. They all deserve to start. None of them are bench players. Yes, Verona's top goal scorer, third top scorer last season. Raspadori was the leading, not the leading fourth, because there was Skamaka, Mm -hmm. but he basically any excuse to play Raspadori. I had left wingers injured, play Raspadori. Berardi's injured, play Raspadori. Need a 10, play Raspadori. A striker, Raspadori. So that's another striker. And then Ossiman is fucking the joint, probably best striker in the league as well.
0: It's true, bro. That's a good point. Um, from Cremonese, I wanted to highlight uh, Meta, who is the for- a former Milan player, played against mm-hmm. United in the in the Europa League. Um, he's still a very nifty player. Uh, those fucking dribbles in tight areas—he's really
1: good. Yeah, I, I forget that he he knows how to use his long legs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. really does.
0: He's very elegant, actually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, bro, um, not not much else left to say about this game. Um, super fucking. Relentlessness by Napoli Shown over here To keep yeah. going In such a manner That they just fucking Keep beating them yeah. And a, a heroic display By Kremona Is very unfortunate For them to let it Collapse at the end And make it look like They were embarrassed When in reality They totally weren't
1: Yeah Agreed Agreed So Oh my god What happened That's a goal <laughs> Fucking Lewandowski. Lewandowski. <laughs> yeah. This is
0: mad Mad game 3-3 three, three. Now um, Napoli currently sit first solo on top of the league they've won their five ga- last five games in a row uh, 23 points for them um, second Atalanta on 21 Cremonese, on the other hand sit in 19th with 3 points the lowest amount of points in the league along with Sampdoria
1: Shocking well not really Yeah. Um, the next game we're going to be covering is a, sh- a shocking result to say the least uh, Fiorentina nil Lazio 4 now much like the game we just covered this wouldn't exactly do in you know it looks like Fiorentina had a shambolic performance I'll get into why it wasn't exactly that shambolic very soon so Fiorentina coming off a 1-0 loss to Atalanta and a midweek 3-0 away victory at the hands of Hearts in Scotland whilst Lazio obviously had one Two games four nil in a row, making it three games winning four nil in a row, and they drew nil nil to Strumgraat midweek. But clearly, Lazio don't give a fuck about any Europa <laughs> and League. And they're bullshit. still alive there, are they? Yeah, man. If you look at their group, they're still in it. Okay, okay. You want to look that up or yeah, else I do this? So I have
0: it right here.
1: Okay. Let's have a it.
0: look. So check this out. Standings. One sec. So. Fuck, Allah doesn't give me their group. Ah, yeah, yeah so yeah. here, everyone in their group is on four points. That's mad. Feynord, Mittelind, Strumgrads, and Lotz, you are all on four points each. So that group is very much still alive and well. You look at the opposition. Lazio should be on nine points. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. In the league, they beat everyone 4-0. Literally. Like, like three games in a row, 4-0 victories. And then they come against these guys and they can't do it. It's I mean, that's room, This is the comfort zone, right, bro? Yeah,
1: yeah, the comfort zone. We saw it with Milan as well. Yeah. So Fiorentina 4 3 3. Lazio 4 3 3. It's the Italiano system against the Sarri system. So for Fiorentina, it was Terracciano between the sticks with a back four of Biraghi, Igor, Martinez, and Dodo. Midfield 3 of Mandragora, Amrabat, and Bonaventura. Front 3 of Ikone, Jovic, and Kwame. For Lazio, it was Provedel in goal with Lazzari, Patrick, Romagnoli, and Maricic at the back. Sergei, um, Antonio, and Vecino in the midfield, with Anderson, Immobile, and Zaccagni up front. Nothing really, nothing too shocking to to write home about over there. Obviously, Luis Alberto didn't start the match. Fiorentina did some Fiorentina things, once again, not starting Nico Gonzalez, um, not starting Barak, not starting Milenkovic, not starting Male. obviously a bunch of changes over there as we're used to. So, in the 11th minute, Vecino opened the scoring with a header at the near post against his former club, he didn't celebrate, very sweet of him. Mm. Um, now, the assist was from zakanye but I think we should so- show some respect to Sergei, he was literally signalling To Zakani to play the corner to him, signalling with his head so that no one sees him pointing. It was mad. He deserves a plus one or plus two on Fanta over there. (laughs) 25th minute, Zakani turned from provider to scorer. Um, It was an in-swinging cross by Sergei to Zakani, who flicked it in with a header. It then took all the way up till the 85th minute for Lazio to get their third. It was Luis Alberto after Chirò laid the ball off to Alberto just inside the area, who slotted into the bottom corner. And then in the 91st, uh, Chirò Mobiles scored thanks to a Sergei assist classic. Um, Alberto played the ball to Savic at his back towards goal. He laid it off to Chirò with a clean finish. This was a super, super goal. And the perfect kind of um, example of what a hold-up striker should be. Um, Obviously the hold up striker In this case being Sergei Milinkovic Motherfucking Savage So good So good Now They won Mm 4-0 Right But there's a lot of factors To go into Um, Fiorentina created a lot Bro
0: they created the most Of this match day no yeah. other team has created more chances than them this matchday 24 attempts, second Milan of 21 62% ball possession Yeah, they also had the most key passes with 18, so Fiorentina So it's not
1: a system problem per se No, no it's And a- I'm, I'm going to highlight the problem Yes, please Lukájovic, yeah. right? He's not solely the problem You know, if you had a a squad like Lazio, it it seems like everyone kind of wants to get involved over there, and no one seems to want to get involved for Fiorentina. Probably because they don't have many staple starters in their side. It seems like there's a lot of rotation, a lot of what Atalanta were doing last season that caused them to struggle. I'm seeing that a lot in Fiorentina this season. But Luka Jovic is a high-caliber striker, right? He got six shots one, one on was on target, target and they were all bro half-assed attempts. Yeah. it's like he doesn't no follow through his shots i don't know what it is what is it why is he weak it's
0: a striker who isn't inspired right now no it's a striker who is doubting himself and you can really
1: see it man smack the ball yeah.
0: man you know what i mean fucking put, put your leg through whip it in yeah yeah, yeah. It. He, do
1: something.
0: He simply doesn't at the moment. And and I don't know what it is about him. But you could see it. Like he missed he missed a penalty as well. No, the season. Yeah. He's, he's not having it at all. He hasn't settled in well. He hasn't acclimatized well. There's a lot of pressure on him to fill in the massive shoes of uh, Dusan Vlavic, of course. Um, but yeah, I think they would have been better off keeping Piontek, honestly, when Cabral looks... Like, I don't even know how I'm going to put this nicely. Um, He kind of looks like a canteen man right now. You know what I mean? Like someone who eats too much greasy food right now. Or Cabral. He's not looking good at all, bro. He looks out of sorts, out of shape. Like, yeah. not the same player that we saw in the Europa League. Absolutely um, not. And Kwame probably is looking like their best... Striker. Honestly, at this point, I'd start with him as the nine, and I'd play one of the million wingers they have on the right. Maybe Nico González on the left and Di corner on the right or
1: something. Honestly, like it's it's clear that now Fiorentina aren't shy of investing some money here and there. Marco mm-hmm. well, Yeah, they they do invest now. They invested in in Lukaiovic. Obviously, okay, it was a free transfer, I believe. Um, Don't quote me on that. because I I think it's a loan. It's a loan
0: with an option or something.
1: Um, We'll fact check that and we'll get back to you guys. But at the end of the day, the man needs to be... It's tough to say after nine matches, but it seems like the man needs to be replaced. (laughs) Honestly. Yes. Um, Oh, you're right,
0: bro. He left Real Madrid on a free transfer. Three years after the club paid 60 million for him. Um, Yes, he joined... Fiorentino on a two-year deal until 2024. Crazy okay, so they could crazy.
1: potentially cash in on him this summer and yes. give him a season, see if he picks up.
0: But I think the it's also the fact that he this guy hasn't played regularly in a while. Huh? So it could be that he needs some time to get back into shape, to get used to the intensity of playing week in, week out, sometimes even twice a week um, with all the pressure and all that. And, you know, a goal would definitely help him right now. Mm.
1: Bear in mind that last season, he was loaned out to Frankfurt. So he did see quite a bit of the ball while he was there. So technically, obviously, it's his first season in Serie A still. Yeah. Um, but I'd still think, you know, there were certain occasions or at least one or two chances that at least hit the fucking target, man. I Test know, the goalkeeper. It, it was honestly a little bit embarrassing of a performance from Jovic. Yeah. He um, had
0: eight appearances for Frankfurt. last. Just eight? Um, in the German Bundesliga, eight. Yes, exactly, bro. Eight fucking appearances last year only. Only man with them four goals though. I mean that's fucking decent. Yeah, that's it's a it. good return. <laughs> <laughs> Way better than now. Yeah, one hundred percent.
1: But I don't obviously don't want to just blame him. Fiorentina have been weird the entire time. I think there are many occasions where I believe at at one point um, Nico Gonzalez should have scored as well. He totally totally missed the ball. Um, it feels like Bonaventura never plays the ball forward and he always takes a bunch of additional steps. Um just a bunch of additional yeah, steps. So he doesn't complicated sometimes. Nothing little add over there. The only only highlight I would take from Fiorentina's team is Amrabat. Amrabat, bro, over, and Super over. player.
0: Super, super, super player. He's he's good at everything. Yeah. He's good at breaking down play. Like when he's off the when Fiorentina are off the ball, he's a pit bull. Yeah. When they're in possession, he's the metronome, and he's fucking good at pinging the ball to the wing. Like. For Pings sure. Perfect passes to Ikon at the point And Ikon's touch was quite good. Um, he played him a fucking super ball over the top, man. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's one of the positives for Fiorentina,
1: bro, as well as Jonathan Ikon, has actually improved lately. He has he has improved and mm-hmm. he's a highlight when you look at his past couple of performances. Yes, yes. Um, with that being said, I do believe that Fiorentina, even though they do have Amrabat that, like you're saying, is a metronome, they missed Torreira so much, bro. They yeah. missed Torreira so much. Just that midfielder that's capable of turning defence into attack. That's capable of getting the final change Change direction flip. so quickly. Literally, man. Literally. That's something that they missed 100%. But to, let's to move Utena. over to Lazio. Because Lazio have been spectacular. Lazio have been, in my opinion, alongside Napoli. The the team, and Udinese, to be fair. The most relentless team going forward. So, a couple points to make. In my opinion, this was another 10-on-10 10 10 display, mm-hmm. for fear. You, know, you for can't sure, yes. fucking win a game four and It's not a 10-on-10 10 10 display.
0: All-round annihilation. They scored the first goal in the 11th minute, yeah. and their last one in the 91st.
1: It's
0: a yeah. whole game score. Literally. <laughs> Hot
1: take, bro. Yes, please. If Chiro and Sergey actually had some titles to their name, let's say Lazio were slightly more of an accomplished team, they would be considered the best partnership in Serie A history. Serie A uh, history?
0: Um, I wouldn't say history, but active players definitely. Well, active players—they're one hundred uh, percent, one hundred percent, probably the best duo. The, be- for the best, for sure. Duo. When it comes to assists, the goals—I think yes. Um, but historically, I, I don't know about that. Like God knows who there was around in the fifties in Syria. Maybe. If you look at like... their
1: numbers, if you look at their numbers, they're there. Okay. If you look at their numbers, they're there. The only thing that's missing is the silverware.
0: Yeah, maybe that will come one day in the near future if they manage to hold on to them.
1: Yeah, 100%. But still, they've been doing it together for such a long time, which is, they've had this understanding. It's not this season, it's not last season that they found this understanding for each other. They've had this understanding since, what, 2017, 2018? It's actually quite crazy. It's super impressive. And again, if these guys were, for example... Part of something special, part of a Lazio that would be winning league after league or something of the sort. They would go down in history as a dynamic duo though, that's, that's for sure. 100%. Uh, I, I've
0: never quite seen anything like it, at least since I was born. <laughs> yeah, I mean Immobilist joked in the past that Milinkovic Savic knows him like his wife, no? Or knows him better than his wife, he said, Us, actually. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> My God. um are... Yeah, yeah. Serious, serious threats for everyone. Um, it seems like okay now. Now, occasionally, season by season, they do go on these four 0 streaks, right? Mm-hmm. Especially at the beginning of the season, they always start off well. Even last season,
0: when Milan played them, I remember saying that they were the. The hottest team in Italy at the moment. Yeah, exactly. was like match day six, match day seven. Yeah,
1: but it, it is hard to make a prediction and not have them in your top four at the moment. It, it's very difficult mm-hmm. to do that. Um, yes. But then you have to remember that Inter are going to find themselves. Juve are going to find themselves. Roma are going to find themselves. Udinese might dip, so on and so forth. So there's so much that's going to happen. I don't want to get carried away. Um, Lazio are currently in third On 20 points Whereas Fiorentina are in 13th On 9 points Very good Now Roma 2 Lecce 1
0: This is on the other side of Rome Of course Now fun fact about this uh, Matchup Roma have actually won 9 of their last 10 Serie A uh, meetings against Lecce Scoring 2.4 goals um, Per match on average So if we actually Um Trusted the stats. We could have done easily two goals. Yeah, over two goals. Like would have yeah. been would have been a safe one. Um, they lost their last one, um, four two on April the seventh, two thousand and twelve. Okay. Um, the same year the world ended. <laughs> <laughs> Lecture are the only side which Paulo the De... yes Lecture are the only side which Paulo the Ball has faced more than once and scored in every single game in Serie A My God! Okay. So three goals in three meetings. Fuck, yeah, that's, that's fucking pretty impressive. It's a shame that he pulled his hamstring scoring the this one, the third literally, one. Literally, But yeah, um, and a fun fact about how Roma's goals come, bro, because we've, we've discussed this a lot with set pieces and the training mm. ground routines. Roma have scored the highest percentage of goals via headers in Serie A this season. 40% of their goals, bro, came through headers. Jesus. In the big five European leagues, only Mallorca and Monaco have a higher percentage than Dijal Rossi, who are level with a team called Ayaccio. Ayaccio? Okay. Yes, they have 40% as well. But yes, Roma lined up with Rui Patricio on goal, Ibanez smalling a Mancini at the back, Vinya on the left, Zalewski on the right, Pellegrini and Crisante as a double pivot, and Zaniolo and DiBala playing behind Bellotti up front. Another game on the bench for Tammy Abraham. Falcone started in goal for Lecce, very impressive Falcone, I add. John Dre on the right and Petzella on the left with Umtiti and Bascarotto as a centre-back duo. Askelson, Humlund and Gonzalez as the midfield tandem with Streffetza on the right, Banda on the left and Cissé up front. Standard stuff for Lecce over here. Yeah. So it was in the sixth minute that Chris Smalling scored his third goal of the season. It was a great cross by Pellegrini from the right to the far post. John Dris stood no chance on Smalling, who towered over him and um, headed it home. Um, fun fact, Smalling has more goals than Pelegr- than um, Abraham this season. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> so whoever took Abraham on their fantasy leagues must be swearing. <laughs> uh, you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, in the 22nd minute, bro, there was a 50-50 battle between Humeland and Bellotti. Um, Humland's studs were kind of up in this 50-50 and they hit Bellotti's shin. Uh, the decision went to VAR And um, Humland was sent off I think it was really harsh bro um, Like Orsolini The same match They had a Had a foul on um, Rincon That was way mm. worse And didn't, he didn't mm-hmm. get sent off Like so Classic inconsistency Yeah Over here
1: I just want to make a point I think sometimes um, People are going to get hurt um, And That doesn't necessarily mean That someone needs to get sent off For it There is such such a thing called intent and i think malicious intent 100 deserves a red card um i think if you go into a 50 50 and someone gets the short end of the stick because he's half of a second slower than his opponent it doesn't necessarily mean that the man should be sent off and that was the case over here is a 20 second yeah. minute Hulman gets sent off and it's just a little bit ah that decision could have been avoided.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's the referee's interpretation of intent, right? It's a gray area, but I, I do kind of agree with you over here. If it's not malicious, if it's a 50-50, and this, uh, the challenge isn't that dangerous like this one, you know, I, I don't think he was he put Bellotti in any danger, to be honest. I don't honest. think so. It was greatly exaggerating to get him sent off. But yes, it worked. So by the second 22nd minute, um, Roma were one nil up and the man up. Against um, Lecce and they were probably like, "Yeah, this is straightforward. Let's get this mm. done." 39th minute, indecisive defending by Roma on a Lecce <laughs> training on a <Aleksia laughs> training ground corner routine. So the hosts conceding a clumsy goal at the hands of Vetsa The shot was not central, so of course Rui Patricio could not save it. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, this put um, Roma on quite a bit of stress. And halftime arrived with the score at one one. Now, it was in the 48th minute in the second half that um, Abraham received the ball in the box. He had just been subbed on, and he threw himself between the man and the ball um, and was fouled by Askelson. Mm. Um, the referee pointed to the spot penalty. Dybala steps up, and he scores the penalty but pulls his hamstring. Um, he's substituted off for Nermania Matic. And Mourinho Nemanja
1: Nemanja They call him Nemanja All
0: Raina. But yes Moreno after the game Said he thought it was bad But after speaking to the ball He can confirm that it is very bad Yeah so I wish him well It's a shame He's really injury ridden Who knows the player Could have been without these injuries Right Yeah
1: but but apparently It's not as bad As Mourinho He's missing the rest of the year Right That's what
0: I saw I saw between Four to eight weeks Four to eight weeks I mean That's pretty much The rest of the year If it's more towards the eight Um, Because of the World Cup Ah because of the World
1: Cup That's true
0: He missed He's already missed Fourteen games With um, With Roma this season And last year I I did I did the maths How many games Has he missed for Roma Fourteen so far 14 so far, so not games, days. 14 days, no, 14 days. Uh, I'm um, last year he missed about 80 something days for you, injured guy, for man. 80 something days. Poor guy, man.
1: Yeah, he's honestly, very like what can you say, you know? And it's a pity because he brings so much to this Roma team, man. So he much, he really does. He really does. He's really dynamic. Um, yes, bro.
0: So it was essentially Lechre's red card that helped Roma get the three points here. Not sure they would have been able to otherwise, to be honest. you um, are a super organized unit capable of scoring goals through Cissé, Colombo, Colombo Streffetza and Banda, bro. Yeah. What did yeah. you make
1: of this? Um, I think like you, you pretty much hit the nail on the head, man. Um, Roma, again, kind of rely on those dead ball situations to, to, to get over the line. Um, they do get over the line, so there's not much criticism to be made over there. Um, did they exactly look look pretty getting it done? No um, I believe that sides like Lecce, Cremonese Monza, these three teams that have been Promoted Sure Lecce and Cremonese Like we said earlier, lack the quality But they do have an element of know-how mm-hmm. And they know how to stay in a game And, and it's rare that, that you see them getting Absolutely mauled by their opponents Unless they're a uh, lot or or, or or something like that. Um Roma struggled, but the whole thing is that a team that struggles and gets away with three points is, is not only a winner but a champion. That's true, yes. So so not much criticism for the result. Would we hope to see that Roma are, are, are a bit more convincing by now?
0: Yes. Yes, yes uh, particularly their strikers. Man have been woeful. Um, the, the, Tammy the Abraham, end, the end man, product is gone. Granted, he he won them the winning penalty, right, Tammy yeah. Abraham, but uh, he's still misfiring. Man at the point, the other he received the ball in the box in acres of space, which isn't common when you're against Buscarata and Umtiti Yeah, but he had a lot of space on the volley, like, and he volleys it, and the ball goes upwards. It's crazy, like how, how poor he's he's been. Um these strikers that, that start misfiring, man, it's it's tough to watch them play. sometimes they're low on confidence.
1: It, it's an uncomfortable experience. It is I mean, really. What the fuck happened to Umt? I thought he was dying at a point. At a point, it's true me. I thought I was like, well, right, he's out for the rest his of the year. season done. Yeah. Like.
0: No, but he got up and he was fine.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad. It would have been so anticlimactic if he came to lecture and just got injured in his third or second appearance. Like. Yeah.
0: Um, I like that Pellegrini's finding his feet again He had a really good game this game Potentially the man of the match Yeah I
1: don't know if
0: there's anything you'd like to add about this game bro
1: I mean pretty much uh, Roma returned to that system where Pellegrini was In that midfield too alongside Cristante And to be honest that, that earlier kind of comment that we had made about Mourinho maybe wanting to utilize two holding midfielders and rotating between Zaniola and Pellegrini or Dybala and Pellegrini and Zaniola so on so forth was wasn't entirely accurate I think Pellegrini's natural position is in the heart of that midfield Mm -hmm. maybe of of, of course a bit more offensive than than Cristante he could do a lot with Cristante covering for him so that's why he's so ideal to have over there because he does have someone to cover him while he goes forward and tries a shot, so on and so forth. But it's good to see him finding his feet again, man.
0: Yeah, I like him. I like him playing deeper as well. I think he has a lot of energy and he's he's very good um, at, at almost playing the ball out, you know, shifting the game left to right. Yeah. I think he's very good I don't think he's a pure track artist, For example at all Kind
1: of a Mezzala it would be good
0: And a double pivot Yeah, would be okay. yeah. Okay.
1: They, they seemed a bit slow With Matic and Cristante Over there Like mm. for the transitions Pellegrini is really clean Man He's yes. really good to have there And it'll be interesting To see what they do When Gini Is back in the team And how he's going to be Utilised Within that midfield For sure He'll totally
0: transform them To be honest Roma sit in 6th with 19
1: points, while Lecce sit in 16th with 7 points. The next game we're going to be covering is Torino 1, Empoli 1. So Torino coming off a 3-game losing streak, most recently a 3-1 loss at Napoli, whilst Empoli were coming off that 3-1 home loss against Milan. Um, Empoli unbeaten against Torino in 16 games out of 20. They have a very, very good record against uh, Torino. So for Torino, it was the 3-4-2-1 formation with Milinkovic, Savic in goal, a backline of Rodriguez, Shores and Gigi, Lazaro and Aina out wide with Linetti and Lukic forming that double pivot, Vlasic and Miranchuk playing behind Tony Sanabria. For Empoli, it was a 4-3-1-2 with Vicario on goal, Ebwehi and Parisi as the left-back and right-back. Winter and Luperto as the two centre-backs with Haas, Marin and Bandinelli as the three centre midfielders. Bayrami just behind Cambiaghi and Lammers. Um, So obviously, like I said, Torino had lost three on the bounce and they also had their coach, Ivan Juric suspended for this match. Um, But thankfully, at last for them, it was an empty treatment room. Uh, we saw Miranchuk making his way back into the team. That must be a breath of fresh air for them. And um, Empoli, on the other hand, missed Adrian, Ismaili, Grassi, Akpak, Pro, and Tonelli. Um, most of those came to that uh, came against the game. My God, came in the game against Milan. Came Jesus in your Christ. mother? <laughs> what the fuck? Um, so, in the opening moments of the game, there was a red card. For Tony Sanabria (laughs) But the referee for no Went back on his decision To send off Sanabria After checking VAR Reverting back with a yellow So it was the interpretation Of the referee That his studs were showing There was a stomp But he stepped on him And he didn't stomp him There wasn't that intent So he went back and rightly so, he handed a yellow card and, and deleted the, the red it's card. It's funny
0: how Sanabria was so smug with the referee. Even when he took his decision back, he was just like, see, <laughs> 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 you're wrong, you know? So after she, you know, shook his hand. Like, you Literally, know, respect for, you, for, checking for, it for, out, for like... being so, you know, open-minded and not yeah. letting your pride take
1: control. Yeah, maybe Champions League refs should have a look. I don't know. Yeah, that would be nice. <laughs> Um, later on, 12 minutes later, Miranchuk scored a header and it got varred off after Sanabria was caught offside seven years before the ball went into the back <laughs> of the net. But jokes aside, um, like we mentioned about the Milan Uva game, this was part of the same attack. So, in that case, they can go back and deem the, you know, if the ball was still in play, they of could course. technically go back to the previous attack and say, yep, he was offside there, stop play, restart. And that's exactly what happened there. But it's Sanab...
0: phase of play, no? The
1: phases of play, so it can't exactly. be too long. Yeah, to exactly. Of course, of course, of um, course. Shortly after, and then in case Sanabria didn't hate the ref enough, he scored with a little dink over Vicario. Um, but again, he made the run too early and he was in an offside position, so the goal got cancelled. That would have been the second time in a row that um, Vicario got, got tripped. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that that won't happen to Vicario. Heroic um, performance by Vicario this. Vi- Vicario's unbelievable, man. Yeah. He is literally unbelievable. In the 49th minute, Mattia Destro. So there was the uh, there was a ball into the box by Ebuehi. Across that was that wasn't in the position that a striker would normally like the ball back towards goal. Mattia Destro, control, bounce, overhead kick into the bottom corner. Our goal of the week. Contender for goal of the season, form is temporary, class is permanent. That's his first goal this season, first goal in eight months, first goal for Empoli. Brilliant, brilliant stuff by the party animal. Incredible goal. It was then a 90th minute equalizer for Torino through Sasha Lukic. So Vicario was down after a save. Luperto got his foot under the ball for the clearance, but Lukic was there to deflect the ball into the back of the net with his stomach, and it was almost cleared off the line by Stojanovic. It was an incredibly messy goal, but nothing short of what Torino deserved after the performance that they put in after Empoli. They were prodding, they were moving forward, they attack, 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 attack. 20 shots, 7 on target, 66% ball possession, they had 11 shots of target, they had Two blocked shots. They had six corners. It was madness. It's crazy how Torino didn't manage to get more goals. Yeah. Um. In by far the better side. What do you make of this result?
0: Yes. So Torino certainly deserved something out of this game. Um, perhaps not a victory, but a draw for sure at the least. Um, they dominated in pretty much every aspect of the game. But Empoli were once again very street smart. Street smart and almost. Um, Got all three points um, had it not been for that very unlucky goal at the end of the game Um, Vicario, super performance, cannot stress enough how good he's been Um, Empoli would be a totally different side without Vicario on the team A totally different side For sure, bro Um, But yeah, Empoli have proven that they're a team that can rack the points up Um, They're not looking like relegation candidates right now I know it's still early but they're on eight points, which is quite decent for them in nine games. You know, they're a side that wants to survive right now. Um, uh, that,
1: that would be their focus. Um, I think last year they shocked all of us with the first half of the season and yes, the performance they had over sure. there. That, that was like, if they were to try that again for the next 10 years, I don't think they'd manage to pull, pull off what they did last year. With um, the win against you early on as well. Exactly. Basically. But that's three losses to their name. I mean, Inter have lost more. <laughs> then, then, That's then true yeah, they're,
0: they're experts at drawing They've got five draws That's the most actually in, yeah. in the league so far So be careful when you Go up against them Because they might just hold you Exactly Exactly
1: um, Torino And then um, A little bit Disappointing We know that they Started off Quite strong We saw their opening performances Were like Okay Torino are there Torino are good They're improved, Even though they lost Fucking Bellotti and Bremer But I made this point earlier But I want to make it again And I want to use Torino as an example Torino have a good system They have a good team But again Again, again and again There's a certain quality that is lacking Sanabria isn't enough The pot striker, pot man
0: They need a striker And they've needed a striker Since Bellotti left Terribly and, uh, Even even in, in Bellotti's last season yeah. They needed a fucking striker Honestly Like they're they're like what Bologna were without a striker, man. Like, exactly. You know, exactly. Bologna brought in Arnautovic and all of a sudden they're completely different. Exactly. Um there was a pundit on Dazen. Is that how you say dozen D A Z N dozen, right? No. Yeah. Yeah. On Dozen, who said that um if you put Haaland on Torino, they'll get top four. <laughs> Probably. And much. honestly, with the way that Torino played. They feed their strikers, huh? so that's not that much of a bold claim, man. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> not. Has to be said, it's not. Um, yeah, and Holland's an animal, of course, as we've seen. Like, like I know we don't often address the Premier League, but what he's doing there is next I, level.
1: Yeah, I think I think there comes a time where even on the most you know passionate Serie podcast, you to stop and kind of admire what people are doing elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, it's very rare that that someone brings that much attention about but this time Erling Haaland is is by by far at the moment the most impressive player there is in the world. It's it's yeah. unbelievable what he's doing. It'd um, be interesting to see how he copes in a tough league like Syria. It's true man, maybe rather <laughs> yeah. than getting a hat trick a game he might score two a game, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um but yeah, Empoli, you know, they didn't have many chances uh, unlike Torino, uh, and it, they needed a stroke of magic to kind of get a goal to put them in a good position all game and get something out of the game. The yes. boy did they get it, Two man. Two shots on target. One of them was the, the rubber shot. I like that. That's exactly. Crazy. Yeah, exactly. But that that's the game for you. There isn't really much to add over here. I mean, it was very one-sided for Torino, but Empoli had half a chance. They took it and they rode their luck for the entire game. Brilliant performance by the goalkeeper. Um, good shape by Empoli I mean, that's something we can never complain about The wide men played pretty Empoli. well as a Parisi and Abuehi were very good For sure, 100%, 100% And even the midfield three, man I'm, I'm, a, I'm quite a fan of that midfield three It's quite on and off but, Same, bro and, and since we've been seeing Bayrami playing more over there nowadays He's really proving yes. himself, man And Baldanzi's
0: back from injury We should be seeing him soon coming back Amazing um, He's a very promising player,
1: uh, I think it would be
0: good In
1: rotation with Bairami Yeah Torino are in 10th On 11 points Whilst Empoli Are in 14th On 8 points Off to Bologna We go For Bologna 1
0: Sampdoria 1 Thiago Motta And Sampdoria New man Dejan Stankovic Mm. Reunite um, Ex inter colleagues, of course, I believe they won the treble they together. They did win the treble. So together. yes, it was nice to see them, uh, you know, hugging and exchange and formalities before the game kicked off. Um, Bologna are actually unbeaten in 14 home games against Sampdoria and say uh, with eight wins and six draws. While Sampdoria's last win at the Dallara and the league was back in Nove- on November the second in 2003. Whoa, whoa, yeah, thanks to a goal by Cristiano Doni. Oh my god yeah. um, These two teams By the way bro Are two of the teams With the lowest distance Covered this match day So it was one of the Lower intensity games of mm. the week It was like everyone Decided to take it A little bit easy In this game Uh uh-huh. um, Skorupski was in goal For Bologna uh, The second best goalkeeper In the league Right Matt? Yep Liko is on the left and Cambiaso on the right, with Lukumi and Saumaro as a centre back partnership. Medel and Schouten formed the double pivot. Orsolini was on the left, Abishur on the right, Dominguez as the attacking midfielder, and Arnautovic as the striker. This was the best I've ever seen Dominguez play in my life, by the way.
1: Yeah, yeah. He's back. Yeah. Out there,
0: he's back. He never started. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, the-
1: which is why he's well, He's he wasn't. here, he's arrived Yeah, he's he's arrived, but okay. he was there last he's, season He's back since that one FIFA card he had <laughs> What are you talking about, man? D- Dominguez? Dominguez, he wasn't playing this season He's back in the side Oh,
0: I thought you meant like he's back, like he's back on form No, no, oh, he's back He's, okay, back he's actually the... physically back Yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yeah yes, yes, yes. Um, yes, excuse my lame FIFA joke <laughs> Audero was in goal for Sampdoria Berezinski on the right Augello on the left, Colli and Murillo at the back, with Ronaldo Vieira as the central holding midfielder over here. Um, doesn't play like Ronaldo, doesn't play like Vieira. <laughs> <laughs> Sabiri, Rincon, and Jurece with Gabiadini and Caputo up front. Um, yes, I mean, uh-huh. you can take Jean out of Sampdoria, but you can't take Sampdoria out of Sampdoria. <laughs> I mean, it's not the best, not yeah. the best lineup. Let's Absolutely be. not. But Absolutely they did not. look a little bit better. Let's get into the play-by-play. It was in the 32nd minute that Abishar charged down the left-hand side, cut in and shot centrally. It was saved by Odero onto the path of Dominguez, who managed to bounce it off the floor and into the back of the net. Back, man. Yeah, he's Back. Since it's FIFA card. Um, <laughs> shortly after this, Dominguez actually had a shot from a distance and rattled the crossbar. Could have made mm. the two goals in a quick succession, would have been quite beautiful. Uh, it took till the 72nd minute for Sampdoria to equalise through Juricic. Leris uh, kind of had like a cross shot on the ground. It came to Juricic, who headed it unorthodoxly, also off the ground and into the net. So. Basically, Leris' assist was bounced off the ground, and in head, there was also bounced off the ground. Oh, my God. Yeah. Ping-pong. Sampdoria actually went all the way at the end of the game when Caputo had a great chance, but Samaro had an incredible block. Um, Mm -hmm. And there was also a good double save by Skorupski at the end of the game to deny a late winner. Of course there was. Of course. So Sampdoria do look a little bit better, bro. Bologna, to be honest, arguably even look worse, bro, than they did with Mihailovic. Like, they're exactly the same, but this time Arnautovic isn't scoring anymore.
1: <laughs> I agree. I agree with you. Um, so far, this whole Motta thing at Bologna hasn't really... I-, I thought it was a bit of a weird move from, from the start, but everything seems a little bit out of place so far. Now, either things are going to gel together and the team's going to get better, but Bologna aren't in a very good place at the moment. And yeah. you should be beating Sampdoria. You should, now is the best time to play Sampdoria Because they can't get anything fucking right
0: Yeah, true, but they've also exchanged their manager And that does tend to have an immediate effect at times So did
1: Bologna though, dog And they haven't won a game under
0: him So, But you know, the first game everyone's playing to impress this guy You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yes. There's the, the first game with a new manager That's always a little bit mm. shaky In fact, you should never bet against a team of a new manager Yeah, that's Never true. bet on a team of a new manager either But yes, bro, um talking points about this game. I think it was a fair result. Bologna started off better, Sampdoria grew into the game or probably be- the better side towards the end. 3 shots on target for each team. Uh, even in possession, lowest distance covered this match day for both teams of course. Um I just need to point out bro that
1: uh, Bologna are they are better with Medel on the pitch though. Oh 100%. 100%. Um, and especially since he was, he's moved into the midfield again, we get to see more of him. We we'll get to see his aggression more significantly and higher up the pitch, which allows mm-hmm. them to kind of settle a bit higher up the pitch. Um, which we would hope is the case, but but obviously Medell spends most of the time defending when he's yeah. playing for Bologna. Um, but like you said, I would say it's a fair result between two teams that are struggling, that are looking to find themselves. At the end of the day, they could both use a point, can't they? Yeah, for and sure. they both got a point. Like like you said as well. Lowest distance covered. I think they're both like yeah, hey, we'll, we'll we'll settle, we'll settle, for, settle this. for
0: this. Fuck it, one each. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Uh, Bashir is getting quite good at bombing forward, bro. Has to be said. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean that's pretty much it for this one.
1: Yeah, quite quite a disappointing. Disappointing game. I, I I mean I don't think anyone looks at the fixture and sees fireworks, yeah. but. I would hope that for two teams that are struggling, they would have gone a bit more all out to kind of get the victory over there.
0: Was this a relegation six-pointer?
1: It is a relegation six-pointer. I mean, I know long term we probably don't see Bologna getting relegated Uh per se, but at the moment that's exactly what it is. At
0: the moment, yes, um, it is. But yeah, I I do agree with you. Um, Sampdoria, I think, will linger. Mm-hmm. But Bologna, I think, will
1: will improve. If you want us to live in the moment and not look at the what's going to happen in the future historically, so right now, of my friend, six-pointer, right? Relegation yes. six-pointer. And right
0: now, the match of the week was Udinese Atalanta, right? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Sharing logic. So yeah, we both swapped there. Exactly. Bologna are seventeenth with seven points, just outside of the relegation pool, while Sampdoria are dead last with three points.
1: On to the next game. Is this the last game or do you have no, another one No, we've got Monza Spezia this? too. Oh, Monza Spezia after this. Okay, so this game is Salernitana against Verona. Salernitana winning 2-1 over here after coming off a devastating 5-0 loss at the Mape. Guys, Verona were coming off a hard-fought loss against Odinez. They did decently in that game, but obviously got away with with nothing. Um. This was the match that got Cioffi sacked after a four-match losing streak. He's the fourth manager this year um, to be sacked after Marco Giampaolo for Sampdoria, Sinisa Mihailovic for Bologna, and Giovanni Stroppa for Monza. Um, Verona are one of only five teams against which Salernitana are unbeaten in Serie A. Okay. Salernitana are unbeaten against Hellas Verona. So, starting lineup Salernitana in their 3 5 2 formation with Sepe Oh goal, Pirola, oh Pirola Danilulic and Gyomber at the back, Madzocchi and Kandreva as left wing back and right wing back, Kulibali, Radovanovic and Major in midfield with Piontek and Bonazzoli up front. 3 4 2 1 for Verona, Montepo on goal with Hien, Gunter and Ceccherini at the back, or Ceccherini rather. Um, De Pauli and Doig out wide with Veloso and Tamese in the middle. Hrustic and Verdi playing behind on Re. Much changed side here for Verona. Um, obviously, without Lasagna, I believe he's out injured for this one. And with the introduction of Verdi and Hrustic. Now... In the 18th minute, the scoring was opened by Christoph Piontek. He still had a lot to do after Bonazzoli's through pass. He finished well after a good touch that took him past the two centre-backs. It was then um, Doig's deflected cross, which caused confusion in the Salernitana box, leading to De Pauli heading in at the back post to get the equaliser in the 56th minute. Moments later, and then in the 59th, it was a penalty awarded to Verona, for a Radovanovic handball Which was cancelled after a VAR check What is going on this week hey man, What hey, is going hey. on this week Everything is so confusing um, But rightly so Penalty would have been incredibly harsh And it is Joking aside Really good to see referees going back on their decisions And not having that yeah, fucking Pride is the devil pride. Somebody got hold on me Um it was then in the 93rd minute that Salernitana managed to regain the lead. It was absolute scenes here. It was some fantastic one-touch play by Salernitana, which ended with a butthame layoff to Dia, who curled it with a first-time strike into the corner. Amazing. Absolutely brilliant goal, the commentary as well. I was tempted to put it as our intro just because
0: of... the. Because- <laughs>
1: The fans roaring. Salernitana oh have some God. of the best fans in the league, man. And um, this led to a pitch invasion, which sparked a touchline brawl, leading to red cards for Radovanovic and already substituted Verona defender Federico Ceccherini. Absolute what a, game, there. what a game! What a game! What a game! Yeah, Dia with the dagger into Chuffy's heart, my friend. Literally, bro. Literally. Now, what pisses me off is that I was. On Twitter surprisingly Mm -hmm. (laughs) While this game was going on And everyone was saying That after this game David and Nicola is gonna get sacked If he drops points Ah yes bullshit right Bro do you think It's as bizarre as I do That it's even a consideration to get this man Sacked I mean brother They're in 11th Mm -hmm. They're in 11th he saved their Asses last year and they're still Looking good they're
0: 11th bro Look, there, there's a, there's the whole thing with um about being humiliated, man. Yeah, when you're humiliated, people don't take that lightly. Yeah, like if they sacked him, it would have been a, a punishment for the five nil loss. But I think at the end of the day, common sense prevailed because um, the Saler Netana side were saved by David and Nicola, and David and Nicola can probably turn water into wine, man. After what he's done with Croton as well, you know, I think he deserves a a full season, pretty much. Right? Uncontested, especially if he's 11th right now, One hundred percent. 100%. 100% you know? I think Mourinho, they're playing so
1: well, too. <clears throat> I think Mourinho said it best. Where he said he'd rather lose a game 4-0 rather than lose four games 1-0. Yeah. Southern and Tana were embarrassed by Sassuolo. I couldn't put my finger on what happened over there and why they were so weak. But look at them now, man. They bounce mm-hmm. back well. They beat Verona. Verona are not an easy side to play. I know they're weaker this year. Um, but I did enjoy seeing a, a moment of humanity at the end of this game with Verdi and, um, uh, was it Verdi Mazzocchi. and Mazzotti? No,
0: was it? It was, uh, one second, it was Verdi and Monazzoli. Um, yes, Bonazzoli. because they were together at Salerno Tana.
1: Exactly, sharing a pizza in the tunnel. That was beautiful. Amazing. Really Amazing. cute decision Yeah,
0: um, I heard that... Um, Phil Foden and fucking John Jones Share the fucking (laughs) fish and chips, bro At the fucking website
1: John Jones The UFC heavyweight (laughs) Johnny Bones Jones But anyway, um,
0: I think that Salernitana play way better against teams that focus the play out wide because they can actually beat teams out wide with their flanks. Mm. They have, they have Kandre and Matsoki. I think the biggest problem against Sassuolo was that Sassuolo were forcing
1: the play down the middle and they mm. exploited them over and over again in doing so. That's true. That's true. Verona still had their chances. Huh? They had 12 goal attempts. Okay, only two of them were on target, but Verdi and Gunter also hit the post. Um, of course. Verdi with a, with a good attempt, Gunter with a header. Um, now, Verona, obviously, they, they've sacked Trophy, right? Oh, it's early, oh, it's early. Verona did the exact same thing with Di Francesco last year. We shouting about, oh, it's early, oh, it's early, oh, it's early. And it was proven to be ideal for them because yes. they got Tudor on board and they turned things around. Now, I trust that they're making a good decision from experience, However, I was looking at their potential replacements, and everything is pointing towards a gentleman named Diego Lopez, who has managed. So he was a former, former Real
0: Madrid goalkeeper?
1: No, not him. Um, he was a former Uruguayan footballer, though. Um, there he is. He played uh, sorry, he managed Cagliari in 2013. He managed Bologna in 2014, oh, of Palermo in 2017, and Cagliari in 2017. They went to Penarol And then Brescia um, In 2020 And he was most recently The Chile manager um, Yeah, young guys
0: 48 years old For a manager that's quite young Yeah, I've seen, I remember this guy's face on the bench
1: Yeah, I remember the salt and pepper Salt and pepper look
0: Yeah so we'll see what they can do with him. I mean, I was impressed by the signing of Choffy, who's just been sacked. So maybe we'll be impressed with him and then he'll be sacked.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I, I don't want to kind of say, ah, because this guy hasn't really been with anyone or anything like that. Because, I mean, we're seeing guys like Sotil doing magnificent exactly. things. So I hope he comes in and he gives Verona one hell of a season. I want to see Verona with uh, fighting for a top 10. I don't want to see them down there. And I believe they really have the squad to at least be the best of the rest. You know what I mean? Be between the twelfth to tenth place. But as as we stress every single week,
0: no, the management just keeps weakening them and weakening them. Exactly. And by selling the best players and not replacing them, quite frankly.
1: Yeah, but that's pretty much it for this game and our breakdown of Salernitana and Verona. Salernitana are in eleventh, eleventh on ten points. Verona still the danger zone, eighteenth on five points.
0: The final game we're going to be covering is Monza 2, Spezia nil. This was the first match between Monza and Spezia when considering competitions such as Serie A, Serie B and the Italian Cup. So they've never played each other. Basically. Oh, my God. And yeah, yeah. Um, very exciting game. Um, the last six official appearances of Monza manager Raffaele Palladino as a footballer came while playing for Spezia and Serie A between January and April of 2018. So a nice way to uh, play his first match against them as well with Monza and, um, you know, beat them. Mm -hmm. This was uh, Daniel Verde who appeared off the bench. Uh, This was his 100th match in Serie A. 56 of these so far have arrived with Spezia. The player born in 1996 has been involved in the most goals for Spezia and Serie A. 21, Ooh. he has 14 goals and 7 assists. The man with the beautiful beard. Literally, literally. So Monza's super team lineup was Di Gregorio on goal with Caldirola, Mari and Itzo at the back. Carlos Augusto on the left, Churia on the right. Sensi and Rovella as the double pivot with Caprari and Pessina playing off the shoulder of the formidable Gitkier. Dragovski was in goal for Spezia with Ampadu, Kiwior and Nicolao as the centre-back. Trident Trident That's the word Thank <laughs> you very much I blanked the fuck out Holm was on the right Simona Bastoni On the left Agudelo Burabia, And Kovalenko In the middle With Jazzy And Nzola up front You know Classic Spezia As we always say This literally. is literally their team Every single season <laughs> Okay um, The game Started off Quite toxic. turvy You know it's a, it's a fucking Relegation Six-pointer At the end yeah. of the day On paper These teams Have both been in Serie a, But quite recently The last yeah. ones Obviously more recently Than Spezia Um, In the 32nd minute, there was some intricate build-up play by Monza that led to Pessina playing Carlos Augusto through, who made no mistake with the finish. It was an amazing sliding tackle by Sensio and Agudelo that started the whole thing off, bro. Um, by the way, man, Carlos Augusto, Augusto Carlos, Roberto Carlos. <laughs> He's a 23 year old Brazilian playing out wide for Monza, bro. He looks solid as fuck, to be honest with you. And um, I had my eye on him when, when he was playing in Serie B as well, because he was on my Fanta Cultural shortlist. He's quite an offensive quarterback um, okay. over there. Okay. Yeah, uh, he also looks like Arnautovic and Frattesi's long lost love child, well, have you? <laughs> yes. Have you ever seen this guy bro Carlos Augusto Tell me he doesn't I've never look... zoomed in on his face You know what I mean Look at this guy looks like from I'm, I'm gonna show is. you a picture of him Tell me he doesn't look like The combination of Arnautovic and Fratezi I'm gonna make a post about this For Instagram Fratezi and Arnautovic. Arnautovic He's literally Fratezi and
1: Arnautovic Fucking right bro Infused into one man Uh huh He's giving me the creeps. (laughs) He's freaking you out. He's freaking me out a little bit.
0: Yeah, he looks a bit creepy. Kind of Mm. like, yeah. Okay, I'm gonna bite my tongue. (laughs) Uh, Okay. So the next goal came in the 63rd minute (laughs) (laughs) through Pablo Mari. It was a perfect corner by Barberis into the feet of Mari, who blasted into the roof of the net. What a goal by them! Um, Spezia's best chance came through Daniel Maldini Who kind of cut cut in on the right Cut back on the left Shot and forced Di Gregorio into a great save At his near post Um, Three wins in a row for Monza bro Looking good for them under Raffaele
1: Palladino Yes sir Another win for him man Who kept on saying ah cause he won two in a row Maybe Berlusconi was right You know what I mean Another Mm -hmm. win here Another convincing win. Br- Spezia side, none of these matches that, that they've won out of those three in a row were easy matches, man. And they got away with three victories. And it seems like their individual players are playing with much more confidence. Yes. So Caprari has found himself, Pessina has found himself waiting for
0: Petania to find himself. In he's the currently future. injured. Yeah. Um, but when he comes back, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I think he can get a few goals over here. Mm-hmm. Um, coming into this game, you know, Spezia were on eight points, Monza were on seven. So Monza did very well to leapfrog a direct rival Literally, over here. That's massive. Um, and they on. beat a team that has a lot of Serie A uh, experience as mm-hmm. a unit. You know, granted, Monza have a lot of Serie A uh, experience individually. Of but course. the fact that everything's gelling for them quite early on—I thought it would take them a little bit longer to start to start gelling. But this is this was a situation where ma- sacking the manager was the best thing to do. Apparently, clearly, Strupa's magic had stopped. If there was any, ever any magic,
1: exactly. And you have to respect that they did attempt to give stroppa some time. Yes, the, the fact that they even gave him the the time of day to manage these players in yeah shows a lot of. Respect from his mm. from his higher-ups I'm not surprised that he was sacked there It's like, show us something, we're giving you the players Show us something, or we'll need to get a higher-caliber coach exactly. That they didn't do They got Rafael Le Palladino But again, they're showing faith in him So this is what we need to see more in football Money doesn't get you everything It's, it's loyalty, training, and continuity That gets you great results as well Even though they literally splashed cash on Caprari, Pessina, Sensi out here talking about (laughs) continuity because they upgraded Palladino, like.
0: No, but but yeah, you're right. You're totally right, bro. Um, And I think that these guys will stay up. They'll definitely survive. um, Solid victory for them against Spezia, who have given many opponents a tough time this season. 100%, man. 100%. Hey, it's two minutes to midnight, bro. We soon get to kiss
1: what's this man every episode we have to make a kissing joke why what's the matter you made it in the last one it was my turn now it's not that fair enough Mm -hmm. we'll make another one in the next one guys it's not looking good for me yeah i'm sweating buckets right now like yeah sweating buckets
0: yeah you you don't look great (sighs) thanks dude thanks Thanks. you're the fucking man you're gonna call in sick now or tomorrow morning (laughs) i'll see how i wake up man
1: i'll see how i wake up
0: cool Yeah Um, We'll see you next week guys Thank you very much If you've made it this far Um, We actually got quite a few Messages um, About people telling us Whether they prefer Blondes or brunettes That was (laughs) was hilarious I love it Yeah I
1: like these Little easter Because we can add At the end of a podcast Shall uh, we Plug something in Yeah let's Need to think of one Real quick Actually um Let us know if you think I'll make it to work tomorrow Judging sure, yeah. by the sound of my so voice So you can do
0: Hashtag Matt went to work Hashtag
1: Matt called in <laughs> exactly. oh. Let us oh no no know. Okay.
0: Hashtag Matt got the bag Hashtag Matt called in There we go you Send that to us DM bros
1: <laughs> Yeah Guess and maybe there's something in it for you If you get it right There isn't Exactly Follow us At Seria Spotlight Instagram Twitter tiktok guys we love you and appreciate you thank you very much and we will see you next week